So it seems like from the first day, we humans are kind of built in with this little communication uh, mechanism or feedback mechanism to give um, tons of information about our experience to our world and the people in it. Um, You know, as I've experienced uh, newborn babies, they communicate um, very frequently about every little tiny thing. So also in a very detailed way, uh, any variety of what's going on for them, they're kind of communicating that back. And, you know, it's kind of an adaptable thing because they learn pretty quickly how responsive their environment and the people are in it um, and adapt. So if what they're communicating is eliciting a response and someone's coming in and making a shift for them or if someone is engaging with them or amplifying something, um, then they'll continue with it. And then if it doesn't elicit any change or action um, or engagement, then I think they, um, you know, adapt it off, shut it off, uh, cope and learn to cope with it themselves, uh, stop communicating it basically. Who knows exactly what they're doing in there. Yeah, maybe they are dealing with it themselves, maybe they're not, um, but they definitely shut down the communication. So I think that's pretty basic or I think that's a process all of us have observed. And um, I'll talk about it a little more in a minute, uh, but I noticed a, a parallel. I notice it all the time, and maybe it's obvious, um, but I think that sometimes people don't remember it. Maybe they know it's there, the parallel, but they don't remember it uh, or the metaphor. Um, And that's with our bodies. I feel like our bodies communicate with us in much the same way um in their original template form or you know when they first start out they communicate with us often um and in great detail uh and then how responsive we are to that sort of determines how much they continue communicating in the future um so Uh, Yeah, I think sometimes people forget that, Um, and I notice it a lot with bodies. uh, eh, Well, so here's the next part. I know that some people feel like that's a good thing, and I agree in some ways. I mean, we're talking children and bodies, maybe. Um, eh, You know, that's the metaphor here. It's like, okay, so here I am. I'm a parent, and I can see that in some ways, like not responding, or at least from some parents' perspective, not responding to every single um, communication or every single uh, maybe request for help or something that that some parents would think that that's a good thing. It's a good thing because um, it encourages the child to deal with it themselves. Um, And that way they're not communicating every little thing because sometimes that's overkill or something like that. I I can understand where a parent might be coming from with that. Now, definitely I don't uh, when they're an infant, but I mean, 
people do believe that right from the start, you can't pick them up every single time they cry um, or they'll just be crying all the time. I mean, if you want them to be a quiet and a good baby, um, it's funny how we term it good. Um, that's quiet and sitting there. You can't do that, you know, uh, because, uh, well, what they're doing when they're being a good baby or sitting there is like, they're just not communicating with you or they're not bothering you, um, with their communication or their feedback about what's going on for them because it's probably just a coping thing. So yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not saying there's one right way. I'm definitely going to express my opinion on it. And mine is, you know, that I just, I, that doesn't seem smart to me. And part of my opinion is developed from looking at this metaphor with the body. So, you know, although some may think that it is actually healthy and right and that children are supposed to be adaptable and that you're just encouraging them to adapt towards the way that is going to be more, most functional and letting them know that like, you know, these particular communications are needed and important and these over here are not. They're going to be more ignored and we're not going to, uh, you know, take action or change things on these. So you might as well maybe help or uh, help yourself or cope uh, yourself. And I think, I think that is appropriate, but far later in the game. I mean, I've got a teenager and I feel like, yeah, there are definitely times where it's like, I've got to let her know that, okay, this isn't something I'm going to help you with now because it's time for you to step out on your own and do this, or I'm not going to respond to, or be able to, you know, jump in and fix, or we're not going to be able to, you know, cry for a full, uh, I don't know, whatever, full two hours um, when we're in the middle of uh, working, you know, when we're in the middle of like I'm teaching a class or something like that, you know. So anyway, I'm, these are extreme examples. Um, but yeah, there are certain things that I do want uh, my child to adapt for. But I would never not respond in order to communicate that to them. Um, I would respond to whatever's going on by saying this and by saying, hey, here's the thing right now, uh, you know, these things are going on and you can certainly cry about it, but it's already been an hour. And like, I'm wondering if we can do such and such to help you get through, or I'm not going to be able to help you get through because this is your work and you need to do it yourself, but I'm still responding. Um, I'm actually still, uh, teaching her to continue to be really communicative with me and to tell me, frequently and in great detail what's going on and to give me that feedback because I'm still wanting the feedback and I'm not wanting that to shut down and it's not a quote-unquote good child to me um, who's just kind of sitting there silent. Um, I mean sure it's convenient when you need silence uh, to have that and sure it's convenient to not be interrupted or bothered and to kind of be able to just live your own life however you choose but it really means that um I'm kind of in the dark. I don't know what's going on. We don't have a lot of communication there. So, so overall, it's not what I'm going for at all um, because we're not really a team. Um, we're kind of two individuals um, that are slowly, you know, well, I don't know, disengaged a little bit or maybe slowly disengaging more and more. I don't know. However you want to look at it. Some may argue that that is not, in fact, what happens. I definitely think my parents would because I think they think, you know, it would be a good thing. But so so I'm still saying I would respond even though um, and 
Those of you may say, well, what if they don't talk? What if they don't understand all of that? You can't just have this big, long conversation with them about this, this, and this. And I would say, uh, one, then it's too early (laughs) to go non-responsive on them or to try to force them towards this adaptability if they don't understand uh, the concept of them needing to adapt and you being able to explain why, then it's probably too early and you just need to respond. Um, even though it might be pretty inconvenient for you. Uh, and then two kids can understand more than you think, because, you know, let's say I have a three-year-old, um, and there is something small that I need them to adjust on. I need them to know like, yes, I hear you and I will get that for you, but I cannot get it right now. Um, you're going to have to sit there and wait for a second. You know, I'm still responding. I'm still letting them know their feedback is important, but I'm not like responding uh, or I'm telling them that it's not going to be, they're not going to get that immediate response. And he's going to get that. He's definitely going to understand that. Um, so I do think that's possible. I mean, some people are like, my three-year-old doesn't understand that. Okay, maybe. But I think you know, they understand more than you think. So (laughs) now that I've gone off on this whole little tangent about children and my opinions there, I mean, I guess the reason I'm even doing this metaphor is because the body parallel, like your body communicating things to you definitely informs my um, opinion about the kids a lot, or at least how I choose to, um, yeah, how I choose to handle uh, communication and feedback from kids and how I don't want it to shut down. Because in your body, I feel like, yeah, our bodies in their natural state, in their healthy state, they give us a lot of feedback too. Or if you're engaged with them, if you're really connected to them, I've definitely heard people who said, you know, uh, things, people like that had food allergies. It's like, I never even noticed that such and such bothered me before I just ate it. And I don't even remember if I felt anything, um, different, or maybe I remember feeling a little tired or I'm, but like now that I've gotten more in touch with my body or now that I've, um, started to notice my food allergies more or whatever, oh, it feels so horrible when I eat such and such. And I have all these really obvious symptoms and, you know, okay, that could be like, you know, um, well, the more you put your attention on things, the more you're going to notice it. Okay, for sure. But um, there's also just an element of, you know, your body is always trying to communicate frequently and in great detail because it's a feedback system. Um, and how much we respond or listen or make changes, um, both in the you know, positive and negative direction is going to either encourage or discourage that continued communication. I mean, the body will probably adapt too, and it will learn to cope and it will not speak up or, uh, because you're not going to make a change. Um, I feel like that happens. I feel like, um, you know, the more you ignore your body, the more silent it kind of gets, uh, yeah, you might not have headaches. So you might be like, well, I never have headaches. Uh, uh, you know, and I'm not saying that healthy, like, oh, it's healthier to have lots of headaches. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying like, you know, somebody that eats a lot of crap and then deals or, or does really unhealthy things, not just eating crap, but, you know, um, puts, treats their body poorly, you know, doesn't, um, have a very connected relationship with it. They might say like, Oh, I never had any 
headaches or I never felt any problems ever. And now all of a sudden I've got this horrible, whatever problem or disease or, um, something that seems like it would have been, uh, building up for a while now, but I never felt anything. So I, I think, um, I've seen it. I've seen even in my own body how the more I listen and let it know that I'm listening, the more it feeds back with me. And it's not always negative stuff. So it's not just like, oh, if you put your mind on negative things, it'll show up more. It's like positive things too. Um, You know, the more... I listen, the more I can hear exactly the cues on when, you know, my period's going to start or um, like tiny little nuances and details that I can tell. Like, um, you know, I'm feeling a little uh, or like when sickness is coming on or but, you know, I can feel small, small, small differences like. I had a tiny bit of difficulty going to sleep last night. I know that means that my hormone levels have shifted. So I must be in the next phase of my cycle. Um, You know, little things. But the more I listen, the more feedback I get. So I think the reverse is true. The less you listen. um, It's not just that you're not noticing. But of course, it is that too. But also, I think your body stops speaking as much. It it quiets too. It um, goes more silent. And just like with the kids stuff... Um, some people may think that's a good thing. Some people may think I've definitely had a friend say, um, basically that they eat crappy stuff intentionally sometimes, or, you know, to keep their body strong because that'll get sort of weak, um, and won't be able to handle, uh, you know, toxic stuff if it, they don't sometimes feed it poison to like kind of toughen it and prepare it for that. And um, eh, okay, I mean, I see some truth in that too, just like I did with the kids stuff. But I think it's all within reason. It is all, you know, like sure, you know, I can see some validity to that, but as long as. I'm not actually doing major damage to this whole feedback system. As long as I'm not teaching my body to communicate less with me um, and give me less feedback, as long as I'm not teaching my kids that, as long as what I'm doing isn't encouraging them to cope and uh, communicate less than And as long as it's within reason, as long as it actually makes some sense, like, yes, my child is at a transitional age and they have reached new capabilities. So it would be appropriate for me to pull back and say, I'm not going to respond to that request because I'd like to see you do it yourself. Or I am going to respond to that request by encouraging you and telling you that I'd like you to do it yourself and helping you, watching you, holding your hand, just like, you know, pumping you up for... And I feel like the the metaphor goes for the body, too. There might be sometimes that, you know, um, eating something harsh or something. I mean, there's definitely the hermetic response and everything that I've definitely um, heard people talking about these days. But yeah, like so eating something bitter um, or maybe harsh uh, on your system, like, um, you know, bitter dandelion grains, they're positive thing like doing that intentionally to jog your system a little might be a good thing so the bitter taste um might be something that you know when your body says oh and puckers you still keep going through and eating um 
because it's like, okay, body, we're going to do this. This is for a good, (laughs) good cause. Um, and then other times, no, other times, you know, it's like, if you're feeling exhausted, you need to sit down, lay down, listen to that, um, and not push through because if you just push through, uh, your body's going to stop speaking up and it's going to stop letting you know these tiny things. This is going to stop letting you know that you're tired at this point and then you'll get overtired. It won't have let you know or you won't have noticed and then you'll get into that place of past tired, beyond tired and, and into insomnia um, and stuff like that. So so anyway, that's, that's all. I mean, the metaphor was sort of like uh, these parallels. Like I said, I don't think people look, remember the body part as much. Uh, we don't think about our body communicating to us as much. Um, certainly when it's kids, <laughs> oh, we know all about them communicating to us. It's a very prominent thing in our mind. And I just, I thought the two were related. And sometimes when I'm thinking about how I want to handle um, my kids and them communicating with me, I mean, <laughs> sometimes the easiest um, knee jerk reaction or the thing I want to do is kind of different. And I, I kind of, I remember this parallel and it, and it informs me on like, okay, okay, okay. You know, this, if it were my body, I wouldn't want, um, to do this or take this. Um, and the other way around too, like, you know, it it works both ways sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes I decide to go a different direction than I, uh, or the same direction as I wanted to, because it's sort of, um, it's like, yes, this is, this is the way I want to go because I do Um, I do want to change something and have my body adapt or my child adapt, um, and communicate less about this or something. So anyways, that was why I mentioned it. And I do think, I guess it could go when I said it goes the other way, um, I guess that could have also meant like, sometimes I think of my kids, when I'm deciding what to do with my body, like, do I want to, um, listen here or is this a time when I want to, um, encourage something different? So that, that was also part of what I was saying, uh, or part of my meaning about it going both ways. Yeah. 